The Sexy Librarian presents the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. You are entitled to your sexual self. We encourage lurid listeners to be playful, enjoy yourselves, your partners, and your sexuality. This show is for adults only. Welcome back to the Kiss Me Quick Erotica Podcast. This is your favorite sexy librarian, Rose Caraway. I'm staring at him. I'm looking at him. He's got an email in his hand. Hey, Big Daddy, what do we got from Lurid listeners today? Today we have an email from a Lurid listener from Alaska, which is really cool. All right, here we go. Hello, Rose. I'm back home after a two-month, 10,000-mile motorcycle trip and mighty glad to be back in my own bed. No kidding. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I don't usually listen to podcasts on my trips, so I'm catching up on my favorites, yours being on top of my list, of course. I just listened to The Beacon, and I have to say I was totally blown away. What an amazing piece of literature, Rose. You perfectly captured the complexity, fragility, and messy richness that make up this crazy marriage business. Oh yeah, and it's damn sexy to boot. I forwarded it to my wife, and warned her to have Kleenex in hand. (laughs) I enjoyed your introduction to the story. It says a lot about who you are and why the topic means so much. Every good piece of art needs a story behind it. If I were God, I'd make everyone listen to it. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. I, so the beacon happens to be one of my favorites. I've, I think I've, I've gotten a fair amount of people who've gotten in touch after I put that one on the on the show um it was a challenge to write because it's not just fluffy you know happily ever after we don't know really we hope but um you know I I like stories that speak to couples and the reality of living uh is challenging to write and express and I hope I, I I think I captured some of that especially with regard to military families who who live extra challenging lives when half of you know half of that that pair is away for so long and then throw in the mix you got kids and then what if tragedy strikes and ah how do you handle it well sometimes we don't handle it well and that story kind of explores how a couple didn't handle it you know they handled it as well as they they could um, uh, so I, I explore a few angles in that one you probably should have Kleenex nearby. You, Dad, Big Daddy did um, some pretty good musical tricks in that one to kind of pull at your heartstrings. So um, thank you, Lord Listener from Alaska, for, for listening to that one and passing it on to your wife. I really appreciate it. Um, and Big Daddy will provide that episode's link in the show notes. So if anybody is interested and everybody, if anybody needs a good cleansing and wants a good cry, maybe you can listen. Maybe don't. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever your mood is. <laughs> uh, thank you. That was The Beacon, and we released that one a while ago. That's an oldie but goodie. All right. So if you would like to get in touch with us, let us know a favorite episode that you've recently come across, one that you always go to, that's always just there for you when you need it. I don't know. Whatever. If you want to get in touch with us, the email is thekissmequicks at gmail.com. If you want to send us a voicemail, you can do so at 202-810-KISS. Just please remember, give us permission on that voicemail. Otherwise, I can't play it. Before our story begins, let me tell you about our latest audiobooks. 
Tonight She's Yours, Cuckold Fantasies, Volume 1, edited and narrated by Rose Carraway. Go beyond traditional fantasy. Imagine you're fast asleep and your wife comes home late. She whispers a question next to your ear. Would you like to know what I just let another man do to me? Her words aren't loud, but the sentiment rouses you. Cuckolding is deeply layered, from privately whispered scenes between a hot wife and her cuck to a wide range of humiliation play requiring the adept skills of a big, beautiful bull. Or three. The Sexy Librarian's Dirty 30, Volume 1, edited and narrated by Rose Carraway. Forget the card catalog just for tonight. Come to the back of the library, peruse the sexy librarian's private stacks. Smart and edgy, these stories illustrate the limitless imagination of some of the best erotica authors today. There's an alien, a succubus, dreamy flying Dutchman, tension-relieving bondage, voyeurism, swapping, crushings, public punishment, strippers, geeks, selkies, kissing cousins, and copper miners, and that's just a taste of this wonderful melange of erotic fiction. Get these sexy audiobooks now in iTunes, Amazon, and Audible. Today's episode is titled Mystery Visitor and is written by Michael Lewis. This story is dedicated to all you couples who are shaking things up a little, trying new things, whether it's listening to this show while tying your lover up with silk scarves or something a little more daring. And now, Mystery Theater by Michael Lewis, as featured in The Sexy Librarian's Dirty 30, Volume 1. Eight years as a couple had passed without any crises or tribulations, so well that Ed and Cheryl resisted the thought of marriage out of sheer superstition. With no children to care for, their lives were delightedly uncomplicated. The relationship had been through almost every situation that two married people might face, except for the fact that they had never bothered with the license, the rings, or the ceremony but Ed and Cheryl preferred it that way. Why mess things up, was their oft-repeated mantra. Their compatibility was based not so much on common interests, of which there were plenty, but in the dovetailing of their personal interests. He loved wine, she loved gourmet cooking. Each had a bucket list of travel destinations that differed somewhat from the other, but every trip excited them both. Her idea of a vacation usually involved sun, sand, and a collection of bikinis that she wore exceedingly well. And while he might have preferred hiking boots, a backpack, and a view of the mountains, the view of Cheryl in a string bikini trumped any other outdoor adventure he could imagine. But distractions have a way of entering into the best of relationships, and both had a growing sense of distractions. 
Cheryl was beginning to immerse herself more and more in her job as a personal shopper for some of the local one percenters, specializing in the types of clothing rarely found at Macy's or, God forbid, the type of megastore that featured shopping carts. It wasn't that she was spending time away from Ed. It was the way that references to her clientele seemed to inject themselves into her thoughts, their conversations, over dinner, while watching TV, and once even during the preliminary phase of an otherwise satisfying makeout session. Then there was her newfound preoccupation with silk. Hermes' silk scarves were becoming a favorite of her female clientele. And indeed, less pricey silk scarves were beginning to factor into their bedroom, with their use as sound yet comfortable restraints when both were in the mood. And on those nights when she wanted a guaranteed fuck, she arrived in bed wearing nothing but long silk gloves and stockings, a look reminiscent of the famous Leroy Neiman Playboy Femlins of the 60s. It never failed to produce the desired effect on Ed. A vague sense of ennui had begun to settle over Cheryl. She wondered why it was necessary to get his motor running with a costume, if indeed a pair of gloves and a set of stockings could qualify as a costume. She had never felt threatened before when Ed would check out other women. Indeed, she appreciated knowing that his interests were still keen especially when refocused on her. But there was something, something that she couldn't put her finger on, and it worried her. She was beginning to wonder if the problem lay within her or Ed. While each of them had arrived at a similar position of concern, it was Ed who elected to take the risk. The inspiration came to him during a margarita-fueled conversation at lunch with some co-workers. Clearly, he would need the assistance of a co-conspirator, and there was risk. But Ed had never shied away from risk, and he resolved to create the most sensual evening possible for Cheryl. It began with dinner at their favorite Asian noodle house. Noodles were always fun for both of them, as the consumption of noodles does not always occur without some playful slurping and the resulting innuendo. This evening was little different, even leading to an attempt at recreating a piece of shtick from Disney's Lady and the Tramp. Consuming a single noodle from both ends sounds cute, but when you're using chopsticks and the noodle is shorter than a piece of spaghetti, it can be problematic, though hilariously funny. Recovering from their laughter, they elected to simply kiss over the bowl of noodles followed by Ed's whispered exclamation of, You're mine. The way her foot rubbed his ankle gave Ed all the encouragement he needed, and it was all he could do to stick to his planned timeline. While her thoughts at the beginning of the evening had been dominated by a concern over a client request for the perfect ensemble for the opera picnic, her mood was lightened by Ed's playfulness and two glasses of plum wine and she began wondering if gloves and stockings might be in her immediate future. Little did she know that Ed had the evening completely planned, with her as the center of attention. Throughout the drive home, his right hand worked its way northward, from between her knees and well under the hem of her silk sundress. 
Yet while she could usually read Ed's intentions clearly, there seemed to be a hint of anxiety to him, perhaps even apprehension. Is something wrong, she thought, and her mind started to race as she mentally replayed their conversation of dinner. Are you okay? she finally said as they pulled into the driveway. You seem nervous about something. Trust me, Ed replied, with a voice that seemed to say far, far more. They exited the car and entered the house. The door had barely closed behind them when Ed grabbed her, turned her around, and pressed her against the wall, smothering her with passionate, hungry kisses. The force of his passion took Cheryl by surprise. She quickly recovered, turned on by his sudden, unexpected passion. They kissed and groped their way into the bedroom, where he made quick work of her sundress, shoes, and panties, and then inexplicably paused as she stood before him. The look in his eyes was somehow different, she thought, as if he were seeing her naked body for the very first time. She started to speak, but Ed hushed her with a finger before her lips. The sudden change in tempo gave Cheryl pause, though not in a bad way. It was clear from his smile and the lust in his eyes that Ed had a plan. I want you, he whispered, and tonight it's all about your experience, your body, and my plan. He underscored this by revealing the silk scarves he had stowed under a pillow. For the briefest moment, her enthusiasm ebbed, suffering from the briefest sense of been there, done that. He had restrained her enough times before that the thrill of something new was apparently off the table. But previous bouts of restraint had been exciting enough for Cheryl to smile at the memory and voluntarily recline on the bed. Ed gently wrapped her wrists with a pastel pink silk scarf, one she'd never seen before, then knotted them to a spindle of the headboard. His kisses were tender now, moving across her cheeks, her brow, and the top of her blonde head. When Ed was in a mood to kiss, Cheryl knew better than to hurry him. But then why would she? His lips had caressed nearly every inch of her body at one time or another, and in her current situation, there was little she could do except enjoy anyway. Then, without warning, he produced the blindfold. Before she knew it, her ankles were wrapped in silk, and she was in the unfamiliar position of being completely unable to move. Deprived of the ability to see or do little more than squirm, even unable to wrap her legs around him, she quickly realized that Ed was executing choreography altogether different from ones in the past. Cheryl tensed with anticipation. The faintest sound caught her attention, then vanished. Was it a sound, or was it her imagination? She tried to focus, diverting her senses away from her now-blocked eyesight. She strained to hear any other sounds in the room, to feel any worrisome movements of air. A seeming eternity passed, though in reality it was less than a minute. She flinched when the gloved hand caressed her cheek. Relax, Cheryl. Don't speak. Ed's voice was as soft as the silk of the glove. Yes, she breathed in response. 
The touch of silk was exhilarating to Cheryl, even more so as the silken hand moved over her right breast. She breathed deep as silken fingers closed on her nipple. Then his other hand began kneading her left breast, and the whisper in her ear came again. I love you. The touch of his lips to her forehead felt as wonderful as the silken hands on her breasts. The silken hands continued down her body, lovingly caressing her skin, while those familiar lips, Ed's lips, continued to rain kisses over her face and head. Those hands, those lips, exhilaration turned to confusion as she suddenly realized that the lips were now kissing her ear, while the hands had moved farther down her body and were now thrilling her from a distance far greater than Ed's arms could ever reach. She was also aware of a foreign scent. Perfume? Cologne? Man? Woman? A scent she could not recognize, and panic hit her. She could only manage a brief inhale of alarm. It's fine, my darling. Ed's voice caressed her ear, and she felt a gloved finger, his finger, across her lips, silencing her. I'm here. You have nothing to worry about. Don't speak. Enjoy. Gloved hands gently massaged her feet, as if to underscore Ed's message, and she felt his lips again on her forehead and cheek. She relaxed somewhat, relaxing being a relative term, given her state of panic and arousal, and the silken hands continued their massage and exploration up her legs. Arousal was winning the battle with panic, aided by Ed's soft whispering of encouragements to both her and the silken hands. The hands? She was blissfully aware of two pairs of hands, both clad in silk, caressing her now. Ed's fingers were practically making love to the skin of her neck, while the other hands had become wondrously familiar with the soft skin of her inner thighs, the same thighs that Ed had been caressing during the drive home. She elected to follow his repeated instruction to not speak, and soon Cheryl found herself alternating between the sensory experience of not one, but two lovers, and a wordless game of twenty questions. Male or female? Friend or stranger? And what was their relationship with Ed? Hands. Were they Ed's? Now kneading her breasts, pinching and pulling her nipples in a pleasantly familiar fashion. I love how he does that, she thought to herself, a thought that was abruptly interrupted with the awareness of her labia being parted by the mystery gloves. She squirmed against the restraints, only partially calmed by Ed's voice, saying, you're safe. I love you. If it becomes too much, just say Syracuse and everything stops. For a moment, she considered it, and then a pair of lips gently enveloped her clit, and reasonable thought abandoned her, giving way to overwhelming lust. As the mystery lips gently sucked, Cheryl sensed that Ed had moved away from her. Before any questions could form, she noticed his scent, specifically the familiar scent of his balls near her face, and she pursed her lips to kiss them. Oh my God, she thought, 
as the lips abandoned her clit, only to be replaced by a tongue that circled it before beginning an insistent exploration of her drenched pussy. Somewhere inside her mind, she set fire to the note that read only Syracuse and gave herself over to the sensation that now held her more firmly than the silk bindings ever could. She attempted to gather Ed's cock between her lips, only to hear him say, No, my darling, this is about you and you alone. Seconds later, it was the sensation of lips sucking her left nipple that nearly overwhelmed her. It was almost too much. She nearly came from the surprise and shock. But again, Ed's voice soothed her. Not yet, my love. Not yet. Any previous doubt about being alone with Ed was now gone. Two sets of lips were now attending to her near, helpless body. She was beyond caring, though. Beyond caring about who was sending her into this state. Whether she knew them, or even whether they were male or female. The first orgasm seemed to begin from nerves within her toes and traveled at light speed to her clit that was now throbbing between two silken fingers as an unknown tongue snaked through her pussy. Her body tensed, her back arched, and her release was more vocal than anything she had ever experienced. And through it all, Ed's voice in her ear, urging her on with a mixture of endearments and smutty encouragements. The tongue had withdrawn from her pussy and was now tracing the outline of the carefully manicured landing strip of her pubes, and the gloved hands were fanning out over her quivering body. Ed's voice entered her psyche from somewhere other than her ear. My turn. Yes. It wasn't necessarily an answer so much as a plea, and she honestly didn't know what her agreement would lead to. She felt the bed lighten as two bodies moved off. She sensed them exchanging places, and suddenly a pair of bare hands, Ed's hands minus his gloves, were grasping her hips. His body was between her legs, his cock entering her with a force not felt since the early days of their relationship. Before she could ask the question, his voice grunted, Yes, it's me and she relaxed to embrace him with more than just her cunt. One gloved hand was now between them, massaging both of them where they joined, and she was vaguely certain that Ed was receiving the full attention of the other hand, though she was unsure in what way. In any case, her problem-solving skills were clearly overwhelmed by the vigorous fucking he was delivering. The second orgasm hit her like a thunderbolt, followed closely by his own explosion, filling her completely. A gasp emanated from the third party in the bed, and Ed followed that with his own moan of exhilaration. Ed's cock was still quivering inside her when his lips found hers. His hands were holding her head, stroking her cheeks, while the mystery lover could be felt releasing her ankles from their bindings. Cheryl's legs quivered, and she barely managed to wrap them around her lover as their kissing continued. Finally, her hands were free, and she fully embraced Ed, holding him as if to verify that it was truly him. 
As the glow of lovemaking ebbed, she opened her eyes to scan the room for the mystery third party. By now, she had decided that she had experienced her first female lover. But who was it? The only clue was a pair of long silk gloves draped over the night table. Denied the satisfaction of a quick answer, she looked into Ed's eyes, only to receive a one-word answer. Later. you enjoyed the show. That was Mystery Visitor, written by Michael Lewis, as featured in The Sexy Librarian's Dirty 30, Volume 1. This audiobook and ebook are available right now. Just head over to Amazon, iTunes, or Audible and search Rose Caraway. Sign up for Audible's 30-day trial and you can get one of my audiobooks for free. Your subscription will include one free audiobook every month, as well as give you discounted prices on all my audiobooks. You can cancel at any time. Don't forget to leave us a sexy review while you're there. Get in touch with us, you guys. You can follow the show on Twitter at the KMQ. You can also follow me at Rose Caraway and Big Daddy at Big Daddy Dave. Head over to stupidfishproductions.com and subscribe to get news on our latest calls for submissions, interviews, sexy snippets, writerly wisdoms, and so much more. Audio production by Big Daddy Dave Carraway. The KMQ would like to thank the following musical artists. Uncanny. Kai Engel. And our feature credit music by Vivich. The Kiss Me Quick's Erotica Podcast is a Stupid Fish production and is brought to you by The Sexy Librarian's Dirty 30, Volume 1, edited and narrated by Rose Carraway. Stupid Fish. The following musical artists. <laughs> did you just eat a musical artist? I did. I just devoured him whole. It was a him. I don't know why.